0: Welcome to Recovering My Inner Child. My name is Kawan Saluja. Our first reading comes from Melody Beatty's The Language of Letting Go, and the topic is Feelings on the Job. I'm furious about my job. Another man got a promotion that I believe I deserve. I'm so mad I feel like quitting. Now my wife says I should deal with my feelings. What good will that do? He's still got the promotion. Our feelings at work are as important as our feelings in any other area of our life. Feelings are feelings, and wherever we incur them, dealing with them is what helps us move forward and grow. Not acknowledging our feelings is what keeps us stuck and gives us stomach aches, headaches, and heartburn. Wow. Wow, this is so true, because I've seen in recovery how like my work has changed, and it's not like I'm... I'm you know, feeling my feelings most of the time I'm not, but I am definitely trending in the, you know, the positive direction. It's just so crazy that I tried what I try to get in class is like I actually get in recovery. I guess that spiritual principles will solve all your problems. Back to the reading. Yes, it can be a challenge to deal with my feelings on the job. Sometimes things can appear useless. One of our favorite tricks to avoid dealing with feelings is telling ourselves it's useless. Yeah, I used to do that with work. Even though it's very important to me. We want to give careful consideration to how we deal with our feelings on our job. It may be appropriate to take our intense feelings to someone not connected to our workplace and sort through them in a safe way. Once we've experienced the intensity of the feelings, we can figure out what we need to do to take care of ourselves on the job. Sometimes, as in any area of our life, feelings are to be felt and accepted. Sometimes they are pointing to a problem in us or a problem we need to resolve with someone else. Sometimes our feelings are helping to point us in a direction. Sometimes they've connected to a message or a fear. I'll never be successful. I'll never get what I want. I'm not good enough. Sometimes the solution is a spiritual approach or remedy. Remember, whenever we bring a spiritual approach to any area of our life, we get the benefit. And one of the things I think about you know the opposite of avoidance is probably like I think integrity. Back to the reading. We won't know what the lesson is until we summon the courage to stand still and deal with their feelings. Today, I will consider my feelings at work as important as my feelings at home or anywhere else. I will find an appropriate way to deal with them. I love that. And it's just good. Work is such a big part of my life and, of uh, uh, you know, just people's lives in general. And in some some ways, it's easier to practice spiritual principles. And in other ways, it's harder. Um So I just really love that reminder and the importance of talking to people. The next reading also comes from Melody Beatty's The Language of Letting Go, and the topic is letting go of anger. In recovery, we often discuss anger objectively. Yes, we reason it's an emotion we're all prone to experience. Yes, the goal in recovery is to be free of resentment and anger. Yes, it's okay to feel angry. We agree. Well, maybe. Anger is powerful and sometimes frightening emotion. It's also a beneficial one if it's not allowed to harden into resentment or used as a battering ram to punish or abuse people. That is so uh, thorough and comprehensive thing. So I'll just read that again. Anger is a powerful and sometimes frightening emotion. It's also a beneficial one if it's not allowed to harden into resentment or used as a battering ram to punish or abuse people. Anger is a warning signal. It points to problems. Sometimes it signals problems we need to solve. Sometimes it points to boundaries we need to set. Sometimes it's the final burst of energy before letting go or acceptance settles in. And sometimes anger just is. It doesn't have to be justified. It usually can't be confined to a tidy package. And it need not cause us to stifle our energy or ourselves. We don't have to feel guilty when we experience anger. We don't have to feel guilty. Breathe deeply. We can shamelessly feel all our feelings, including anger, and still take responsibility for our behaviors. I will feel and release any angry feelings I have today. I can do that appropriately and safely. And I just think anger is not bad. Like it said, it's a warning signal. It points to problems. And I was I love Julia Cameron's artist way. And, uh, you know, it was something the other line that really stuck me was anger is not the problem. Sloth, despair, despair. Um, And self-pity is the problem. So, um, you know, anger is usually uh, a warning signal. And it's something, the trick is not to have resentment, which is replaying the same situation over and over again. Our next reading comes from ACA's Strengthening My Recovery. And the topic is Trait 3. We're frightened by angry people and any personal criticism. It's insidious, the abuse we experienced, for many of our care, us, our caregivers didn't just get mad. They got angry and enraged. And it could be over something simple. Yep, this was it's just weird, like how things really stay with you. And it just kind of makes a lot of sense. And I think using maybe some of, you know, Pete Walker in Complex PTSD has, you know, he you know, mentions, alludes a, a lot of techniques like uh, thought stopping or stopping the thing or just reminding your inner child that, It's not this, you know, it's not the same as in childhood, but man, it really does without these kind of tools. It really does feel that way. And and sometimes it makes it hard for me to accept, you know, um, you know, suggestions. Back to the reading. Maybe we were out doing normal kid stuff, but because we had an angry parent waiting at home, we were never sure what to expect. Yeah. You know, I never, I I love summers compared to winter because I could just be out all day and then I could come home and maybe everyone would be asleep. We, we were repeatedly blinded, blindsided with the accusations that said we were no good, selfish, irresponsible, uppity, or a whole host of other shaming language. Or maybe it happened to a sibling, which was just as bad because we knew it could be turned on us at any time. Is it any wonder that as adults, we almost visibly flinched when we were faced with angry people? Yeah, I, I flinch. I, I don't know. I flinch when there like an authority figure will come into a room for sure. Uh, not as much now, though, because I'm starting to see that like we're all equal or, that, you know, that I think that is like the true definition of uh, one of the definitions of humility for me. The way I see it is that I'm not better than anyone and no one's better than me. We're all kind of uh, children of God or higher power. Take your pick. Um, back to the reading. Is it any wonder that as adults, we almost visibly flinched when we were faced with angry people. We carried the fear of being criticized with us like a banner that said, I'm an easy target. I won't even argue with you because I don't have a voice. But as we start to find our voice in ACA, we begin to separate the anger from the words and the words from reality. We do not deserve to be talked to like that. and We didn't deserve it as a child. We were innocent. And now as we learn to reparent ourselves, we can tell our inner child that we will protect them when someone is angry or critical. We can do for ourselves what others should have done for us. On this day, I will remember that another person's anger is not mine. If I hear criticism, I can separate truth from fiction. And I think that is where, you know, as a friend of mine likes to say, pause land is really helpful to really, you know, where is this coming from? And the final reading is also from ACA Strengthening My Recovery, and the topic is The Steps. The steps sometimes work even if a person picks at them like a finicky child forking a lump of unwanted spinach. Such half-measures often create the personal discomfort that motivates the adult child into greater action and personal growth. Many adult children join ACA and keep coming back for years, but it seems like there is little change in their lives because they talk about the same things each time they share. They may even complain about certain aspects of the program, seemingly as a reason for things not changing. That's, uh... Great. Yeah. And that's easier to do because I think there's just a lot more aspects of ACA than any program that I'm part of. Those of us who are unable to rid ourselves of the judgmental nature think these people are just not working the program correctly. We wonder why they even bother coming, but we've seen it happen time and again. People who hang around long enough start making a shift in how they think and respond. It's as if they suddenly realize that they've been stuck and now it's time to do something about it. Yeah, and I can just pause here. I can get carried up, and this is the most important thing, but for me, meetings is the the starting point, and to keep coming back, it it can become more difficult to do some of the other things if you're not going regular, for me personally, speaking only for me, as usual. Back to the reading. Maybe they finally get uncomfortable enough with the way things are, and because they've actually been listening all these years, the switch is turned on. In cases like this, it can be wondrous to see the power of the program at work. On this day... I will not judge how another person works or doesn't work their program. It's not my job. I will focus on myself my own recovery. And these are the messages given in these two wonderful books. And that concludes today's episode of Recovering My Inner Child. Until next time, this is Kowan Saluja reminding myself to pause, because that's where God is, to feel my feelings and to be still and know, and to love myself.